everybody. How you doing? How you living? We have a jam-packed episode for you today. Justin Treese and myself, Austin Cunningham. Right here, we are going to be breaking down the AFC South Division. We've been doing that lately. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, go back and check them out because we are breaking down rookie and defensive rookies of the year from the division, potential MVPs out of the division, and then going over the schedule, uh, more specifically the first five games because you know we're both in agreement on when you reach about week five or six, you can really see what direction the NFL is going on, who's going to be good and who's not. Teams are really figuring themselves out. But, boy, we are right here towards the end of the week. It is Thursday for you guys listening. I hope your week is going good. It is for me personally. I don't want to rub it in to you if it's not. But, Mr. Justin Treese, how is your week going? It's going great. Uh, you know, can't complain. So we're that much closer to football. For those of you, again, listening on a Thursday, we're now at the three-week mark till football starts. So you can't complain. You, you know, I guess you can complain that you wish it would come by faster. But other than Mm -hmm. that, uh, pretty great week and excited for the weekend and excited to get this ball rolling. So let's just dive right into it and we'll do what we always do. And that's start off with Trucivia. So Austin, um, since 2000, there have been four, sorry, three teams, sorry, three teams that have had eight consecutive games of at least 400 yards. 420 yards on offense? Correct. Who are these three teams? Okay. Holy smokes, that's a lot when you really think about it. So eight consecutive games of 400 yards on offense. Um, Of course, you're going to have to throw in the Patriots. Yes, what year? Oh, wait. Uh, 07, yeah. 07, okay. Randy Moss. They won. No, they went to the Super Bowl lost. Yep, correct. Okay. That's 07, the year they won 07 Pats. Uh, so since 2000, um, that goes in the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are not on this list. Wow. Even the greatest show on turf didn't make it. They did not. Wow, okay. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They did As not. recent. Nope. Uh, I'm trying to think of offenses that have just been absolutely spectacular. Um, Indianapolis Colts. They did not make it. Denver Broncos. Yes, Denver Broncos. Okay. Can you guess the year? Um, 2012 or 13? 2013. Good job. With Peyton Manning. Of course. It wasn't going to be before that. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Um, okay, so we already said no on the Rams. The Seahawks aren't going to make it. Their offense hasn't been that superb. No on the Seahawks? I didn't see your, no, I didn't see your no answer. No on the Seahawks. Okay. So uh, I, thought you, oh, yeah, I thought you'd confirmed yourself. Pretty much. Um, New York Giants at one point? Nope. Okay, let's go with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, no, they did not. Wow, Atlanta Falcons. No. Okay, holy smokes. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, no, negative. Jesus. Detroit Lions. Pittsburgh Steelers. Nope. Baltimore Ravens. No. What? 
It's not going to be the Browns or the Bengals. It is not. Okay, and it's not going to be the Bears or Vikings. It is not. Okay, so the North is out of the way. Back to the <laughs> East. So Cowboys, Eagles. Uh, it is the Cowboys. What? Yes. What year? What year was their offense this good? It would have been in the teens with Tony Romo. It is not with Tony Romo. What? Without? It's not with Tony Romo. Nope. Is it recently with Dak Prescott? It is. So 18? 16. Their rookie year of him and Holy him and- cow. Okay, then. Go on, Dak. <laughs> Seriously, okay. right? Um, so it was from uh, weeks 3 to 11, I believe, were the weeks that it was. So, um, sticking within the South, uh, it's not the Texans, it's not the Colts, it's not the Titans. I mean, we got the three though, right? So those are the only three. Oh shoot, fire! Sorry, I, I, at the start I said four, but I actually meant yep. three. Okay. So, so the 07 Pats, the 13 Broncos, and then the 16 Cowboys. Yep. And then the 07 Pats was with Randy Moss, the 50 touchdowns. And then 2013 was with uh, Peyton Manning going to the Super Bowl. And then 2016, holy smokes, the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott as a rookie. Yep, and then Zeke leading the NFL in rushing. Props to them guys. Holy shit. Yeah, pretty impressive because they didn't have any, like, Stud, stud, wide receivers. Jason Winton getting a little bit older. He was still better than what he is today, obviously. But, yeah, so um, pretty damn good offense. That That's when that offensive line really took off as one of the top offenses in the NFL. Yeah, no joke. And that's they had Dez at this point still. They were still the following Dez. year. Yep. yep, they had Dez and they had uh, Terrence Williams. Yep. Where's Terrence Williams at today? Um, nowhere. Has he retired? I mean, he wasn't that old, was he? Not that I remember. No, I think he's just not really. Just falling uh, off? Yep. Just not that NFL quality anymore. Definitely get it. All right, let's go ahead and transition to more teams are announcing no fans at the stadium, at least through September. Treese, do you have the answer on all these teams on who they are? I'm just reading off the rundown. I have personally not heard anything else today or yesterday for you guys listening today. Uh, So kind of what are you hearing, man? Yeah, so the two that got announced today were the Patriots got announced uh, through the end of September and then the Seahawks, the first three home games, and then they will reevaluate. Okay, so at least the first three weeks – um, you know, of the NFL season, pretty much these teams are shutting down no fans. We've already seen the Saints say no fans the first week. Kansas City is allowing 22%, which is about 16 to 17,000 people. Still quite a bit, but the way Arrowhead is doing it um, is they are announcing pods. I don't know if you guys have really looked into it, uh, but it's pretty interesting. The, it's going to season ticket members by tenure. So depending on how well or how long you've been a season ticket member uh, is your opportunity to buy tickets to the game. But if you do buy tickets to the game, it has to be you that goes 
you can't buy them and then sell them because you have to show your ID and the name has to match the uh, the season ticket member. So I like the way the Chiefs are doing that. They're not allowing people to take advantage of others during this time. So go Chiefs there. Glad to see other teams are taking the necessary protocols, you know, and measures to uh, remain safe through this. And, you know, as a country, let's try and get past this. Uh, let's move on to Melvin Ingram, though. He is deciding not to practice due to his contract. He is due $14 million. If you watched Hard Knocks last night, um, or excuse me, a couple nights ago on Tuesday, you saw um, him in the episode, of course, and then practicing. But honestly, you could kind of tell it was a little off. Like it felt like Joey Bosa was maybe a little reserved. Maybe that's just kind of how he is in this first time we're really getting to see him interact with teammates on camera. But to me, looking at it and hearing these reports already, it was kind of a, ooh, I wonder if there's, you know, been some public vocalness, you know, or outspokenness from Ingram in regards to this. Not in an ill way towards Bosa, but just Bosa being aware of it, like, hey, I just got this massive contract. Melvin Ingram isn't getting his money, though, so. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Ingram, he had a pretty dang good uh, payday back in the day uh, for where they were. It's obviously not where he wants to be now, and that's how contracts always go. So uh, they get out of date pretty damn quick. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure they want to try to get something tied up with him for another two or three year extension. Um, you know, keep this duo alive for a couple more years, especially if you're going to have your quarterback on a rookie deal for the next two or three years. That's the prime thing, right? You get to pay your defensive players and you get to try to build a stud defense when quarterbacks are on rookie deals. That's just how it works. Following the Seattle Seahawks formula, if you can make it happen, um, that way, good luck, though, in that division or, you know, in the AFC alone. But real quick, speaking of rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, I don't know if it's just hard knocks making his ball look that good in the air or if he's just improved or gotten stronger. But I felt like watching him play in college and Trees, this is something we discussed. His throwing motion seemed so long, like it seemed like it felt like it took him forever to get the ball out of his hand. But you're seeing him here in. The ball's just flying out of it, like just so effortlessly. And it just it's a perfect spiral down the field. They look like they're well-placed balls, too. And his teammates seem to be loving them. Yeah, I'm sure. And, I mean, I'm sure Keenan Allen loves it. He had the little comment of, hey, I'm your assistant. My job yeah. is just to get you the ball. I mean, that was a great answer, and I'm sure a vet wide receiver loves it. So, I mean – I'm all for it. I'm all for Justin Herbert, and I want to see what he can do, especially with this offense. I think that you got a good scenario here with a very good pass-catching running back. You got Keenan Allen, the best route, one of the best route runners, if not the best in the NFL. You got a deep threat in uh, Mike Williams. Like you just got a great, great combo right there. Um, and then let's yeah. not even forget the now, I guess, third highest-paid tight end in Hunter Henry, and just right down the middle of the field, down the seam. So um, We haven't even seen on hard knocks. Yeah, we haven't really seen him. Um, one of who else we haven't seen is, like, Cooper Cup or even Robert Woods. Like, you see, like, little plays of him catching the ball, but neither of them have been on camera either. Uh, either with Cam Akers, the rookie uh, running back from Florida State with the, with the Rams as well. That's what I noticed yesterday is I'm like – Okay, these are the three players that I like. I want to see something on. 
That's a very good point. Instead, we're watching Jalen Ramsey go on a house tour. Yeah, cool. exactly. Cool. Like, I don't, I don't need to see this. And, I, and I'm a Ramsey guy, too. And I'm like, yeah, not this isn't what I'm watching Hard Knocks for. Yep. So. I want to see you at practice. I liked his advice, though. Like, hey, when you're coming out of the cut, where do your eyes need to be? If you're watching the quarterback, you're watching him complete passes. Yeah, for sure. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I miss you, Jalen. Um, all right. So <laughs> moving on. Uh, let's see. We talked about the Gerald McCoy injury last year or last week, last episode. One of the one of the three. I don't know which one. Last this time. <laughs> last time. There we go. Um, and he ends up getting released by the Cowboys. He has a injury clause, injury waiver cl- clause in his contract about the quad injury specifically. So one good for your agent right there, bud. Um, that's amazing. And it ended up getting him, I think it was like three and a half million dollars is what it ended up being when it was all said yeah. and done. So good for him, three and a half million this year to recover. And then he can go into next off season, trying to negotiate a new deal. And I just, the, really, the question is, is where does he end up after this, this point in his career coming off a of quad injury, pretty severe, uh, we kind of went, you know, I dove in a little bit last episode into how severe this injury is and how hard it's going to be to recover from it uh, at this age and that being your prime position on the defensive line. All your force comes in your quad. Uh, you hate to see it, though, but I loved his his video that he posted um, on social media. And it was like, hey, I'm you know, I'm no longer in the building, but these guys got my numbers and I'm going to continue to support them and be here for them. And. You know, laying on a surgery table after being out of surgery or getting to go into surgery, and that's your mindset and just, you know, how happy you are in a situation that a lot of people would be very upset in just goes to show the kind of guy he is. Uh, so, you know, props to Gerald McCoy. You'd love to see that. Uh, moving on to another injury, though, in the running back world, Nick Chubb was put in concussion protocol. Uh, it was kind of an awkward type of play the way he was taken down. I don't know why he was even tackled that way. Like, I, st- I still don't understand why that was the attempted tackle. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Um, uh, I'm just happy it, it was. It can be something as a concussion protocol and not something yeah. with the knees or anything like that. Um, but the guy that hit him was actually Mac Wilson, who ends up getting hurt the very next day with and with a hyperextended knee. So it sounds like he's going to be out for a while. I, this is not going to be a short-term thing. He will – sounds like most likely will miss at least a week or two into the season, if not more. They're still doing tests and whatnot. But um, that that linebacker group is really thin since they let Joe Schobert go. Uh, yep. They're going to struggle there. That defense – that defense is going to be so interesting to watch because you got some studs on defensive line. You got some playmakers in the backfield. Linebackers are young and fast, but man, it's just so thin there. So that'll be interesting to watch and see how that, that plays out. Um, Miles Sanders goes down this morning with a lower body injury. They are putting him at week to week. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see there. Uh, it is clear that the Eagles are playing that week-by-week scenario pretty often since they did that. We talked about that last episode as well with another player. So it's a safe thing to do for them, and they're just saying, hey, we have a long process here, and these guys, we know what they are. They're key parts of the team. Like We don't need to rush them back even in two or three days and say they're day-to-day. Like 
let's give them a whole week off. Let's see what the younger guys can do because we know Miles Sanders is going to be the workhorse of this team. Exactly. Um, and plus, you know, as no preseason games, take all the rest you need, like you, you can and you have before the season really gets into the, the heat of it. Devontae Adams limped off the field today, but it reported it was no big deal. Uh, that's what you like to see there. If you're a Packers fan, just if you're you tweak something, you're pain in something, just get off. Just get off the field. Don't try and push it. There's no need to. You're already solidifying your role on the team and on the depth chart and in the league as a whole. You're good. Uh, excuse me. According to Michael Lombardi, the Yannick Ngakwe trade is uh, coming pretty soon. Mr. Trees, I haven't seen this yet, but I want to know your true, honest thoughts right here. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of them as we take a deep dive into the NFC South here, right? Or AFC South, excuse me, right after this. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael Lombardi came out today and said, uh, either today or tomorrow, and he's hearing it's a second-round pick. Um, From what I have read is, one, it's not that imminent. Uh, Today or tomorrow may be a little premature. Um, It is still possible, but it's not as close as he made it seem like in that tweet. And, sure, a second-rounder may be involved, but that's not saying that's the only thing involved in the trade. Uh, Lombardi made it seem like it was only a second round. Uh, it was Yannick for a second rounder straight up. And it sounds like it is not just that. And for the Jags' sake, I hope it's not just that. Uh, they We kind of talked about this last episode. They desperately need defensive tackle help. Like if it was a second rounder and some depth at defensive tackle or the defensive line, I'd be okay with that. I could justify it. Um We've, we've talked about this numerous times. It ha- I always said it had to be more than a third rounder because they're going to get that anyways if he leaves in free mm-hmm. agency. Yeah. I kind of see it the same thing with a second rounder. Uh, I just don't know like why you would make the move now. Like Why wouldn't you wait to see if something with COVID happened where a team gets a little bit more desperate for a defensive end? Um. I get it, like maybe that we did talk about him and Caldwell had started talking more. Maybe they got on a better page and Caldwell was like, no, I get it. Like I'm going to try to do what's best for you, but I'm also doing what's best for the organization. And maybe he, maybe Caldwell's at the point where he's like, I kind of think second rounder is kind of the best we'll get. Like sure, there's a yeah. chance that a first rounder could happen if an injury or a sickness happened, but like that one of those has to happen. If not – Second rounder is the best I'm going to get anyways. So it's going to be interesting what actually happens. The bigger thing is, like, who who is it, right? Like, who is that second round team? So I've always said that, like, I, the Seattle Seahawks make sense. But, like, I would hate for it to be Seattle's second round pick. You're talking, you're talking in the, like, late 50s, early 60s, yep. right? Like, that's not worth it. But if it's the Jets, maybe you're talking top 40, Right, like maybe top eight in the second round. And that's kind of where my mind went immediately once I read this was like, hey, like the Jets, they definitely need something on the defensive side of the ball. You just lost Jamal Adams, so you've lost that presence, you know, that go get it type mindset on that defense. Um, I, I think that's the clear choice here. Now the question is, um, when within doing that. Like if the if the Jaguars only get a second round pick for him, 
are you disappointed in the trade? Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, we watched the Chiefs yes. trade away, you know, uh, Peters away for a second rounder. We watched them trade away D Ford for a second rounder. But like as a Jaguars fan with a DN, like you're really upset with a second rounder with so, another, how many first round draft picks do you have? Sorry. We have two. So we got ours in the Rams uh, next year. So, I mean, again, it kind of depends on where that second rounder ends up. If it ends up in the top, let's say 42. So it's a top 10 pick in the second round then sure, I probably won't be upset. But again, if it ends up being 60, then yeah, I'm going to be pretty upset. Yeah. Like, I I just, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to really get a grasp of it. Uh, and you start to really wonder, like, what other teams could be involved. Everybody always brings up, like, everybody brings up three teams. Seahawks, Jets, Eagles. Right? Those are the three teams that yeah. everybody brings up. And I... Honestly, I'm starting to wonder if it's some other team. Like, is it another contending team? Like, my worry, though, is it it is a contender that's trying to get him. I mean, who would that be, though? Who else is contending? I mean, it's not going to go to the Saints. The Falcons, maybe? The Falcons could use they them. Could, I, I don't think they could do that. And here's why. Yannick Ngakwe... And Dante Fowler Jr. hate each other with a passion. Really? Yeah. That's why I'm they sure traded Dante Fowler Jr. I did not know that. I didn't I didn't realize that was why. Yeah, that was a big part of it. They got in huge fights, multiple like throwing fight throwing fists fights at <laughs> practice. Um and I think a lot of it was because Yannick was starting and Fowler was coming off the bench. He had it, you know, he wasn't on third downs and stuff, but Yannick was the starter, and Yannick was a third-round pick, and Dante Fowler was a top-three pick. You know what I'm saying? And I yep. think that Dante kind of held that against him. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, It'll I didn't know that. Yikes. Yikes is right. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to think of, like, who else? Do the Giants need a defensive end? Yes, they do. But, I mean, is it worth for them to give up a second rounder? And if you're Yannick Ngakwe, do you really want to go to that coaching staff of what we've heard has appeared to be like freaking horror stories as of late? Making coaches and players run a lap around the practice or around the practice field or facility? What? Seriously. Crazy. Like, dude, I get you're from the Patriots, but you're going to make your own coaches run a lap? Like, get the fuck out of here. It's the NFL. Yeah. I know you need to change the mindset, you know, and the culture of the Giants. I don't know if that's the way to do it, but, man, if it works out, I guess it works out. But oh, I can tell you what, if I'm a free agent, that's not where I want to go. No, not at all. But you wonder if that's like a one-time thing to just to show, like, hey, I'm in charge, and then, like, tones it down. Because um, I do know that, like, uh, Doug Marone – had some crazy hard practices his first year as the head coach and has toned it down since. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have because maybe that's when he lost the team and he should have kept it because that's when they went to the AFC Championship game. So maybe he should have uh, kept being hard on the players. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, though. Like, also, there's probably a lot of players that are like, hey, we're professionals. We don't need to be doing this type of stuff that you do in high school and 
little league and stuff like that. Um, what about the Cardinals? Even with Chandler Jones? Well, he plays defensive or he plays outside linebacker, so you put him on opposite side. Yeah. Because um, they have Zach Allen and Corey Peters as the two ends on that team. No disrespect, I don't know them, but. So. That is interesting. That is very very that interesting. Would be, actually, that would be awesome of like a Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons, Patrick Peterson, Yannick Ngakwe, like that's Buda a Baker. Buda Baker, Byron Murphy, if he steps up after a rough rookie year. Man, that could actually be a, a pretty nice defense. Yeah, to go along with that offense. And you need it. You need both in this division. We've said it numerous times. That's the, probably the toughest division in football. Yikes, dude, that's nuts. I like that fit a lot. Me too. It'd be interesting, because he's played a ton, like, standing up the last two years in Jacksonville as well. They've moved him around, so they wouldn't be afraid to do that with the 3-4 in Arizona. Hmm, interesting. We'll, we'll just have to see it. Um, who knows? It might. This all might go down over the weekend, and we'll get to talk about it on our next episode. Fingers fucking crossed uh let's get into the heat of the episode though we're about 20 minutes into this bad boy of going around the laces of the nfl now the afc south breakdown is here put in the hype music excellent i did it wrong have you seen wayne's world before yes who has not I seen freaking hate that movie do you yes i did not like i thought it was so dumb I watched it, and it's just every moment, excellent. That's not excellent. That was stupid. But you, just, I felt like it was awkward where he would just watch, randomly speak to the camera. I just, ah. When did you watch it? A couple weeks ago. Yeah, see, like I think it's like a show that you need to watch when you're younger to like like it, and then it just becomes like a no. That's a so classic. I need to be a middle schooler. Like, oh, ah, ha ha ha, excellent. Did you like the Mr. Unlimited tweet from <laughs> from Russell Wilson, man? Like, <laughs> unlimited. Yeah, I did. Get out of here. here. Touche. I mean, right. granted, pro. I mean, credit to the movie here. I wasn't in the mood to watch a movie. I was just told I needed to watch it, and I did. And I was just like, I'm kind of disappointed, and I'm kind of annoyed, and this is not excellent. That's fair. My friends love that movie, given they like really like music and all that type of stuff, so I think that also helps. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was amazing, but I still did laugh. So, But again, I also was watching this when I was like 10 to – 15 or something like that not when i'm 25 that's fair so back to our uh main part of the show hype music here we go afc south let's start off with the colts uh excuse me or let me ask you this trees the jaguars do you want to go first or last on them um whenever it doesn't matter okay they're going second then so let's start with the colts Philip Rivers comes in. New guy, new face of the franchise. I'm excited to see what he can do in Indianapolis with that offensive line. I've said it before, and I've said it on radio. 
he is going to have so much time to throw the ball and make the right decision and truly be able to like dissect the defense in the pocket. He's probably going to be like, holy shit, I could probably make another kid right here. You know, that might be where his mindset goes. And it's going to be like, Dosh Garnet. Uh, gosh darn it. What did I just say, Dosh? Oh, my word. That's what I get for making a terrible joke. Just he's going to have a lot of time to throw the ball, and I'm excited for it. I think they're going to have a great time with that running back room. Jonathan Taylor being on the team, uh, I'm excited to see what he can do there. And then you throw in a Marlon, a Marlon Mack as well, Naheem Hines. That's a hell of a running back by committee to to go with the offensive line. I'd like the receivers. You got Michael Pittman Jr. there. You have Paris Campbell. You have T.Y. Hilton. I mean, that's a heck of a basketball team. Uh, I think you're ready to go with Phillip Rivers on that. The defense, I think, needs to continue to improve um, if they really want to win this division, and I think they can. The first five games, I think they go three and two. I think they beat the Jags, they lose to the Vikings, they beat the Jets, they beat the Bears, and then they lose to the Browns um, in a close game. So I just think that Browns offense is going to have too much firepower, and they're going to have it clicking at this point in the season. So I have the Colts going 3-2 and two to start the year in the first five games. But I'm excited to see what this team can do. Yeah. I agree with you, and I think that they – I mean, it all depends on T.Y. Hilton staying healthy, I think, for this team. Um, even with Michael Pittman, I think that it all relies on T.Y. Um, so I have them going two and three in their first Ooh. five games. Who do you have them losing to? I have them losing to the Browns. I have them losing to the Vikings. And I have them losing to the Jaguars week one. Get out of here. There ain't no way. So, um, yeah, people keep saying that, but I think the heat is going to be a big thing. I think the heat in Jacksonville in September is always a struggle. I think that this pass rush, even with Chase on, is going to be good. I think that the I think Herndon and Henderson are going to be able to slow down the passing game. The worry is that they run it down the Jaguars' throats. Um, but I also think that the Jaguars, I think that they find a way to be super, super creative on offense to catch this team off guard, where it's something that they probably show all their good cards all in week one. And then that's when they start to struggle. But I, I do have this as an upset. Wow. Mr. Optimistic, Justin trees for the Jaguars, which is so anti-me. Exactly. I just think the Colts run it down the throat. And that's fair. That is a fair worry for me. So, um, yeah. So we'll I have into the Jaguars. Through, well, okay. Yep. Let's go into the Jaguars. But well, overall, stay here, I, then, if you have the Colts, sorry. I do have the Colts going nine and seven on the season. Just to say that. So not winning the division in your eyes. They are not winning the division in my eyes. Oh, right. I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see where this goes because you hate this division so much. Rightfully so. Go to the Jaguars, though, because all I have for the Jaguars is questions for you. Is <laughs> questions. Okay. Um, so, again, I think that they're probably going to have – if they're probably going to have the worst run defense in the NFL. Um, I do think that if they find a way to work as a team and slow that down, though – the rest of this defense is still going to be fine. I think the Schobert and Miles Jack combo at linebacker is nice. 
Uh, I think Herndon is a completely underrated cornerback that had a fantastic year in place of Jalen. Let's see what C.J. Henderson does. Uh, I'm a big Ronnie Harrison guy at safety. Um, Jared Wilson, not my favorite safety in the world. I still think that they need to replace that. I actually thought they were going to in the draft and just really didn't. So that's also a worry, but he's all right. Um, Offense. The line is going to be very interesting because Linder is a pretty good center. Uh, I think their guards, both their guards are not very good. Um, and it sucks that they're paying Norwell like a ridiculous amount of money. Um, right tackle, I think they got a stud in Jawan Taylor in last year's draft in the second round. Um, and then Cam Robinson is playing left tackle. I know a lot of people say that he needs to be moving in, which most of the time I agree with, but also last year he was coming off of an ACL tear. So I think that he deserves that one more shot because he also did play very well at left tackle the year before the injury. So we'll see. So I kind of think that they're going to be fine at tackles and center, and then the guards are are what's going to struggle there. Um, Minshew, I mean, he's the biggest question mark, right? Like what is he going to do? And I think I the wide receivers, they're fine. I like Chark. Uh, Conley's all right. Westbrook's all right. Chenault is going to be a weapon on this offense. It's going to be very fun to watch him play. He's going to play a little bit of slot, a little bit of outside, a little bit of running back. He'll probably play a little bit of quarterback, to be honest with you. Um, and then we have the running backs. Fournette, last year, last hurrah in uh, Jacksonville. So let's see what he can do. Uh, brought in guys like Eifert and Chris Thompson uh, to know Jay Gruden's offense. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I think it ends up being, I think that this team ends up with like a around like overall, like 13 to 15 overall on offense. Okay. Um, so with all that being said, going into the first five games, again, I have the upset week one, then there you're going to get hit in the mouth against the Titans. Then I do have them beating the Dolphins. I'm just not very high on the Dolphins this year like other people are. And then I have them losing to the Bengals and then losing to the Texans to be 2-3 and three on the season. And my thought is they, have a, they had a real chance to shock the world and be 3-1 and one after week four just by beating the Bengals. And they... I think something dumb happens and it tears this team apart. This is where everything explodes for the team is week four. <laughs> and how about this? the rest of the year after that two and three start, they win one more game the rest of the year and they go three and 13. Oh man. <laughs> I love how you have just originally answered nearly all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> so that last part I said, do they have any chance of surprising people? <laughs> You just said it right there. Everything falls apart in week four. My next question was going to be, does Fournette improve and become the running back of the future? You've answered and said one last run in Jacksonville, pretty much calling that to an end. The next two questions I have is, is Minshew going to be the guy in Jay Gruden's offense, or is it going to get to a point where Jay Gruden's like, hey, I want my own quarterback to run this offense. Let's see what we can get in the draft this next season. And then how bad is this defense really? Yeah, um, I think I kind of answered that. So the defense, I think that it's, 
I think they just have to rebuild the defensive line. That's what they have to do, and specifically the defensive tackles. So I think that they're going to hit that hard in the draft. And again, they might even add something in the Yannick trade. Uh, overall, the I mean, they probably need help on safety, but I think that they have their two corners that they want. They have their two linebackers that they want. So they have their two defensive ends that they want. So I think that they probably are feeling decent about it, but understanding, I mean, they cannot not be thinking of what I am. <laughs> like, yep. they have to know that how bad this defensive tackle room is right now. Um, and sorry, the other question was Minshew. Um, again, I think week four, they're like, Minshew's the guy. He's the future. We got we got a quarterback for the next th- two or three years on a sixth-round uh, contract here. This is awesome. And then it all falls apart. But <laughs> – I just don't know if it's going to be all on Minshew, though. I also think that the team's just yeah. going to struggle at parts where it's like most quarterbacks would not be able to be successful there. So I think overall Minshew's there, and I think that even if the Jags draft a guy in the first round next year, I think somebody would want to trade for Minshew. I think that another team would be like, hey, like we saw what you can do. Our team is better overall than this team. Like We'll take him as a backup because it's very hard to – just have Minshew just turn into a backup, right? Like it's very, it's yeah. always hard where you have somebody that's a starter gets demoted and then just stays as a backup. That just doesn't happen very often. No. Yep. So within that, thank you for answering. Love your honesty and breakdown there. I have them going 0 and 5 to start the year. That's fair. With the so sad you have them face right beside one it. game? Huh? So you probably have them winning one game then. Probably like one or two. You probably have them beating the Bears, right? Mm-hmm. What? There, the only other games not in the top five that I'm looking at that you, I could, me knowing you, would be Lions or Browns are the only other two. <laughs> this might be even worse than I thought. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me read their schedule off. So they play the Lions week six. Mm-hmm. Win or loss? Loss. Chargers. Depends on who their quarterback is. If the Chargers have reached a point where they're playing, uh, you know, Herbert, they might get a win there. Just, you know, maybe able to disrupt Herbert, keep him out of rhythm, slow down that offense if he's starting. If he's not, you know, if it's not his first start, I think it's a loss. Okay. So let's say it lost then. Texans. Loss. Packers. Loss. Steelers. Loss. Bears or Browns. Loss. Vikings. Loss. Titans. Win. Okay. Ravens. Loss. <laughs> Bears. Win. Colts. Win. I think so at this point, win. the Colts are probably. I think they go on like a little late game or a late season tear here. You're going to split with the Titans. It's probably going to be a surprise game for the Titans. You know, they think they're riding high after the season's going well. Um, and I think that they always split with the Titans. It feels like, you know, this division, they always play each other tough. So I like that. The Ravens, I think they just run the ball down your throat. I just, yep. it's going to be hard. Uh, the Bears, their quarterback situation. I'm just, I'm not scared of the Bears at all this year. Like, I no. think the first pick honestly become, comes down to these two teams. So, yeah. I have the Jaguars getting this win. And then the Colts, 
uh, might kind of ruin this. I think they have a real shot of winning this division. I think it's going to come down to them and the Texans. And at this point, they've either sealed the wild card or won the division, and they're fine, and they're resting guys here. Gotcha. Okay, so you got three wins. So Yep. Three okay, and so we both have them going three and 13. We just have them two of the three wins. We have just complete opposites, right? Besides, yeah. it's all right. Okay, cool. Okay, going on. Let's go to the Colts then. The Oh, where did the Colts? Let's go to the Texans. Sorry, I meant Texans. Yep, yep, sorry. Okay, sweet. Uh, Deshaun Watson is going to have an MVP type of season here. I think he just explodes. I really looked at this wide receiver core. I like it more than what it was last year, and I think that's something we've discussed, and I honestly think that's something you've probably even mentioned, Teresa, as well. I don't know if we were recording or if it was just us discussing it, so if I took that take from you, I apologize. But I like the ability of knowing that Deshaun Watson doesn't feel like he has to force the ball to anybody uh, and that he can just spread it around free willingly. Now, here's the big deal. If that wide receiver core can stay healthy, that's what makes it better. Because if you can get a Brandon Cooks, you can trust him in jump ball situation. Kenny Stills was your big receiver that you could have downfield. And then Will Fuller, I mean, him and Deshaun Watson's relationship might as well be labeled TD because that's all they do together is score touchdowns. Tight end-wise, I really don't know what else they have to offer. David Johnson, is he was he worth it? This is the season to find out. The injury that he has had has been to his wrist. There hasn't really been any lower body injuries, and he's been, you know, kind of difficult for him to pick things up in that Arizona offense with that offensive line being as bad as it was when he was starting. Now he's kind of lost the job. He did lose the job there, and you know the scheme change of Arizona makes his way over here to Houston, and I think they're going to use him well. And I think he has somewhat of a bounce back season, so that I like. I think David Johnson has potential to do well in this offense if Carlos Hyde can get a thousand rushing yards in it. David Johnson can surely do a little bit more than that. So that's where the upside is for me there. This defense, my question is, where's its true strength? Is it the defensive line? Is it the secondary? Is it somehow the linebackers? Is it all mediocre? Just looking at it, it's who can stay healthy, who's going to be able to step up and stay consistently good throughout the season in this division where it's mainly going to be run-heavy type of teams because Texans ain't playing themselves. Jaguars, yes, you got to worry about the pass. And then the Colts. They have three running backs that, you know, potentially could start at any time. That's where the concern comes into me with the Texans for their defense in this division. It's kind of iffy. Now, the first five games, I have them losing to the Chiefs. I have them beating the Ravens. I think they find a way to squeeze that out. I think they lose to the Steelers. They beat the Vikings, and then they beat the Jaguars. So they go three and two. Three and two. All right. So I also, just like the other two teams, have them going two and three in the first five games. I have them lose, literally losing the first three games and then winning the next two. But that's when they go on their tear, actually, is when I have the – I think that just takes a little bit of time for this team to get rolling. Plus, this is just the hardest start in football. Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, I don't think yeah, you no can shit. get a harder first three games, um, especially with two of them on the road. Um, so – Hi, that. Um, to answer your question, I actually do think the linebacker is the strength of this defense. I love uh, McKinney. I love Zach Cunningham. Uh, and I love. And then technically, Merciless is an outside linebacker, but he's always rushing. And then even like a guy like uh, Jacob Martin 
made some plays last year, especially in the playoff game. He's the guy that they got from the uh, Clowney trade. I know you like your boy uh, Dylan Cole as well. Yes. Right? Dylan yep. Cole is from Missouri State, right? Yes, sir. So uh, Coming back yeah, off so I, do, I do think that that's where their strength is. So, um, And I think this offense is going to be good. And maybe it's my fantasy brain working, uh, but I think David Johnson puts up a shit ton of stats. I really do. I think that they got nobody else there. I, I, I mean, Duke Johnson's there, but like it's clear that they don't trust Duke Johnson as a runner, like or they would have already done it. Uh, he's had multiple opportunities there. So uh, I think that, and yes, there's always the injury concern, but I think he, I think he knows he has something to prove, and I think he ends up with like 250 touches when it comes to catches and rushes. Wow. Okay. So. I'm not saying that he's going to be averaging 4.5, 4.6 yards per carry. He might even be down to the 4, 4-1, which isn't great, but it's going to be pure volume because he's going to be the guy. Uh, I Yeah, they're wide receivers. Yeah, I, I do kind of see them all the same. Um, you know, there is the argument of, like, do you need a basketball team as a uh, wide receiver and core? And sure, like that's nice, but again, like the Chiefs don't have that, right? I mean, you can use Kelsey as the big guy, I guess, if you want to consider that. But um, the problem is they just all do close to the same thing. Like they don't all need to be different sizes and stuff if they all have different skill sets. But the worry is they literally all have the same skill set, speedy type guys. Um, But I do really like the talent there. Like I think Stills is good. I think Fuller is good. I think Brandon Cooks is good. So, um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and we have talked about that off the podcast. So there's that. Um, to just finish this off, I have the Texans going 10-6. and six. And winning the division. So I have the Colts going 9-7, and seven, the Jags going 13-3, and three. yeah. This guy. Get a load of this guy. You uh, did it on either. You know what you did, right? Yeah, I know what I did. Okay, just want to make sure it wasn't a dyslexic moment. I've been having them a lot lately. Just have just checking in on my pal here. Uh, yep. <laughs> you crazy bastard. So <laughs> moving on to the Titans. Um, I just gonna be honest with you. I think this is a team that just takes a step back in this division. Uh, I really wonder if Derrick Henry can have a repeat performance of last year. I feel like I've just been beating a dead horse saying this so much, but you know it's what my thought process. You lost Conklin. Um, you know, in free agency. Is Ryan Tannehill going to keep up this type of performance with A.J. Brown being his only true target, excuse me, as a wide receiver? Is Corey Davis or Washington, excuse me, is Corey going to be able to keep it up as a receiver? Can he be trusted? I highly doubt it. I love getting a phone call in the middle of a podcast. I apologize. Um, Within this and the Titans organization, I love their defense. And what they have, they have decent secondary a strong defensive line, um, you know, and a real possibility of, of making some noise on the defensive side of the ball. But my only question mark here with this team is the offense. Because of that, in our first five games, I have them beating the Broncos, beating the Jaguars, losing the Vikings, Steelers, and the Bills. So they start hot, lose three, they go two and three to start the year. All right. Okay, so here we go. Uh my arch nemesis team here, a uh, team that I just, I would be okay Love's if they weren't. Death. 
Yep, it would be okay if they weren't a team anymore. Um, so I'm with you on the defensive line. I, I really, I'm, I mean, I like what they can do here. Um, I like their linebacker core with Brown and Evans and Landry. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons coming back a fully healthy year is fantastic. I think their DBs are really good, actually, with uh, Byard, uh, Dory Jackson, Malcolm uh, Butler, if he's mm-hmm. still there. Um, yeah, and then Kenny Vaccaro. Yep, and then Kenny Vaccaro, and then Christian Fulton, second-round pick, who I thought was one of the steals of the draft. So I actually like what they're doing here. Um, the biggest question is actually kind of defensive tackle because they traded away their defensive tackle to the Broncos. So mm-hmm. that is the one worry on defense. So I'm actually with you that the, this defense is good. Um, for their offense, uh, I think that their offense is going to be just as good. Uh, they drafted Isaiah Wilson to replace Coughlin. So you have that. I think that Henry's going to be hungry to prove that he deserves the contract. I think Darrington Evans is a upgraded version of Deion Lewis uh, as a backup there. Uh, A.J. Brown, a fully healthy A.J. Brown now, and not a rookie A.J. Brown, going to be even better. Does Corey Davis now, the Corey Davis that you thought was going to break out last year, does he actually break out this year because now he's not the number one? Uh, Janu Smith? actually started to play very well last year once he took over for Delaney Walker. So I actually think this offense is pretty dang good. Um, As for their first five games, week one, Broncos win. Jaguars week two, win. Week three, Vikings win. Week four, Steelers loss. Week five, Bills loss. So I have them going three and two in their first five games. Get a load of this guy. Mr. Fuck the Titans. I got to tell you something. They're going 11-5 and and winning the division. Holy shit. They're going 11-5 and and winning the division. They're going 11-5 and winning the division. Oh, my gosh. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Coming from you. I want to see it again. I don't think so, though. I don't. I mean. Trust I, me, if yeah. I'm wrong, I'm. Uh, this is going to be one time I'm going to be okay being wrong. <laughs> I'm such <laughs> an idiot. I'm so stupid. Yeah, Titans no. suck. <laughs> Shucks. Gosh darn it. Um, ah, yeah. nerds. So um, I think that they I think that they just do a fantastic job and um, they end up winning the division. So I have to recap Titans 11 and five. Texans ten and six, Colts nine and seven, so three very solid teams and records there, and then the Jags at three and thirteen. All right. Well, yikes, man. So where's your, your, your? Sorry, one second. Ahead. Yours is what? Colts, Texans, Titans, Jags. Is that your outcome? Texas, Texans, Colts, Titans, Jags. Texans, Colts, Titans. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I have the Texans moving up this year. I have the Titans moving down. Uh, you know, if you're looking for an MVP of the of the division, I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, you could also throw in free agent. Uh, you know, what free agents coming in this division of these respected teams have the biggest year? Uh, to me, it comes down to Philip Rivers or Brandon Cooks. If Brandon Cooks can stay healthy. In that offense with Deshaun Watson, 
is going to be better than a lot of people want to give credit to um, in my mind. Rookies of the year for this division, the offensive-wise, Jonathan Taylor. Defensive side of the ball, I hope I don't take this from you, Christian Fulton. I like what he's going to be able to do in this defense. I think he's going to have a good time. He's going to be an improvement for them. Uh, but, man, this division is one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, mainly because I have been talking so much shit on the Tennessee Titans this offseason. Love it. Um, so, MVP, I have Derrick Henry winning the MVP. If I'm having them win in that division, he's going to win the MVP. Okay. Uh, biggest free agents uh, has to be Rivers, and then I also have Brandon Cooks and David Johnson. I have them both in there. I think that those three, I just think that those two will be big vocal points of the offense. Um, and then best rookies, um, I also have Jonathan Taylor. And then I actually went with Chase on, Caleb on Chase on for the Jags. Oh, yep. I think that he's just going to put up monster stats more than anything. And uh, I think that you're really like, by the end of the year, they're going to go, yeah, the Jags went three and 13, but you want to know what? They got two bookend DNs in Josh Allen, Caleb on Chase on. So <laughs> this guy, I don't know why you're acting upset. It's okay. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Teresa's kids having a great time outside and they're playing Seriously. with water. Teresa's, Teresa's looking pissed. <laughs> it's okay. <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> Outrageous noise going on right now. Cause my wife just turned on the water, but whatever. It's, not it's that fine. Loud. Well, know what? That's what we're, we're going to just deal with it. So, yeah, it's our fucking um, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so this, like I said, last episode, I thought that this was what we were going to probably be most off on and we're pretty off on it. Yeah. I, I can't believe you with the Titans. I mean, I believe you and I think you're right. I mean, I understand you and you're, you know, you're pretty spot on with this shit as it is. I'm excited to see how this turns out. I really am. Me too. Me too. Really am. So, all right. Well, just like that, we're halfway done with our previews. Yeah. So we got four more to go the next two weeks. We will finish this out, and then the following week after that, it's game week. So we're going to be it's just time, prepping baby. for the games and all that. So super excited about it. Um, next week, we will start off with the NFC East. So we'll start talking about who we'd love to talk about. That's Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. So it's going to be a good time. <laughs> So uh, that does it for us. You guys enjoy your weekends. And tonight we've been talking football.